And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Anyways, with that, we look forward to the challenge of playing the Bills. We, we know they're very well coached and very talented, and so we're going to have a good week of practice. So Hi. Are you a Kansas City Chiefs fan? Like me? Are you looking for a new podcast that will help you handle your business? If you're having trouble with your magic spoon, look no further than the Time Czars podcast with Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, and Seth Kaiser. Sure, other podcasts have been around longer, but in only 41% of the time, you'll get caught up and you'll laugh so hard that your stomach will ache. And some listeners' hearts might not be healthy enough for Time Czars. So consult your doctor. Grab a drink and unzip those pants for the most fun you're going to have in a while. Ask your doctor if your heart is healthy enough for Magic Spoon. The Times Ours podcast is not affiliated with Troy Aikman. Who on Monday Night Football was surpassed by Patrick Mahomes for touchdowns. And it only took him 41% of the time. Side effects of the Times Ours podcast can include laughter, a better understanding of insider chief's knowledge, random pop culture references, a little light bullying between friends, a little catharsis after an unexplainable loss to the Colts. What did Chris Jones say to Matt Ryan? Ask your podcast provider about Times Ours today. Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Time Zars right here on The Athletic. That beautiful promo was done by Matthew Livingston at Matrix System on Twitter. And unfortunately for the rest of us, it will be the best part of this podcast today. <laughs> Man, we, uh, we could do anything and that would be the best part of the podcast today. That was incredible. It it is. He he does not miss. He has never missed. Never. I assume he will never miss. Never miss. But m- my goodness. I also don't know if he's ever reached those heights before. Um, truly an excellent work that gives us exactly what we need to kick off this Bills preview edition of Times Ours. Of course, you already heard it. Joshua Briscoe, thank you for putting my name first. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Seth Kaiser and Nate Taylor, we are your trio here in the show. And uh, guys, I, I don't know if you've uh, if you've caught on to this, but it seems like this Chiefs-Bills game might be pretty good. Uh, might be important too, uh, yeah. Josh. You know, might matter. Just, 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 you know, it might. Um, yeah. Again, incredible work by Matthew. We appreciate it. We have the best listeners. That's mm. <laughs> that is it's so great. Um, by the way, I hope Magic Spoon is listening. They just got some free publicity. They need to send some boxes out. That's yeah. that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's like, a minute. It's been hey, you know we. Obviously, enjoy Mag- Magic Spoon. We we devour it, but but hey, I need another box. Um, <laughs> and so does Matt. Can we get Matthew a box? Like, come on, we guys. To. That's got to be what's next. I I don't look. We can we can handle our own business however we need to. We got it. We just got to start having places send stuff to Matthew. Just let him do the ads, right? And then it, first of all, it saves me some time. Hey. Second of all, better voice for the sponsor. I mean, this is a win win. Yeah, hey, hey, no, these, these these are all terrific ideas. And that really was that that's man, our listeners are just awesome. Like I have never had an encounter with someone who listens to our podcast <laughs> and not walked away being like, man, you guys rule. Like whether it's in person or on Twitter or wherever, it's mm-hmm. always just a delight. And that's that just makes me so excited. I'm hoping to meet more of you this weekend. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Seth's gonna be Seth's gonna be in the building for Chiefs Bills. Yes. Hey Matt, you want some athletic greens, my guy? <laughs> Do you have a bad case of the Sunday scaries? <laughs> <laughs> that is such an inside joke. It's, it's really good. We've got we've got a uh, we've got a really good crew of sponsors this year. I don't know. I don't know if you've gotten uh, if you guys have have listened through the mid rolls or whatnot for the whole uh, the whole year. But I've I've been, uh, I've been quite pleased with our with our group of sponsors. Shout yes. out to the, uh, the yes, fine sir. folks here at the Athletic who yes sir who match us to some really legit excellent products that we all legit actually use. Yes, um, and we'll always take more of. I mean that's the that's the real secret of all of this. 
So, uh, asking for free things, notwithstanding, uh, it, it will be uh, it'll be in front of our eyes on Sunday. We have seen some things leading up through this week already that, and it feels like we just did a show because we did on Tuesday. But we have pretty much everything in front of us, my friends, for Chiefs Bills coming up here Sunday afternoon. It's uh, it, it may as well be a primetime national game because it's the only thing anyone's going to be watching at three twenty-five local time. Uh, again, Seth will be there in the stands. Nate will be there in the press box. I'll be at the radio station, you know, just get ready for a little post game. And, uh, and I don't know where you guys want to begin here because there's still some stuff looking backwards. Seth, you just had your piece come out on the uh, the Chiefs pass rush. Nate, you've written about the secondary so we could start on the defensive side of the ball for once. I feel like they've earned it to this point, but uh, I just think that there are no less than half a dozen matchups here that could impact this game in such a fun way that I just honestly, I just hope this lives up to all of the hype. Uh, and maybe, maybe it comes down to the last dozen seconds or so again, this time through. Here's the thing. This game can't possibly live up to the hype, Josh. Yeah. Good point. I know we all want it to. Obviously the chiefs only play weird games. Do, mm-hmm. do the, by the way, do the bills have a thing? Is do they have a thing? Like, is there a is there something that Bills Mafia can inform me of that is emblematic of mm-hmm. what they do in a sixty minute football <laughs> game every week yeah. during the regular mm-hmm. season and obviously in January? Um, you know, but look, we are gonna obviously get you prepared. Have I watched tape of the Bills? Yes. That's how much they've gotten my respect. Is I have literally watched another team just as much as, obviously, the one that I'm um, paid to cover. Man, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. You know, it, it, this might be an episode where we all need to be ready for doom and gloom so that hopefully there's some sunshine on the other side of this. Man. I don't know if it's going to live up to the hype, Josh, but it is probably more appropriate to talk about the defense because, whoo-wee. Hey, man, Mike Evans is good. You know, one day Mike Evans is going to be in the Hall of Fame. We all know this. We know this. Tom Brady, still at 45. Hey, better than better than anybody else in that division. And, hey, you know, um, he's better than Matt Ryan. Justin Herbert with some broken ribs. That was cool. You know, hey, Kyler looked like he didn't want to play in week one. And, you know, sometimes you get scheduled wins. It's a scheduled win, kids. Um, Derek Carr throws such a gorgeous deep ball. Mm. And it's, and it's an okay It's okay to admit it, y'all. But yeah. he only got one receiver. Tom Brady has only one receiver. Apparently, Matt Ryan woke up and was like, I have a dude seven foot tall. I might want to throw him the football. (laughs) And because of injuries, uh, Justin Herbert only had one receiver. His name was Mike Williams. Kyler didn't have anybody. I mean, I guess he had Hollywood Brown, but he didn't really do much because, you know, first game together. Again, scheduled wins, kids, because I think the Cardinals offense will get better as the season moves along. What's the uh, what's the temperature check in the Kaiser household? And I don't mean outside, but I do also mean outside. Seth, uh, he has Seth, he has five receivers. He does five. If you, you know, want to include Dawson Knox, five, not one, not mm-hmm. one, five. We want, we definitely want to see the return of Trent McDuffie. There um, ain't no, there ain't no want. It's a need. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the thing with the Chiefs is with Trent McDuffie on the field, Fenton's had a tough year. We've talked about him a lot in the past as being, you know, a competent corner. He's had a tough year so far. That said, he's been up against some bad matchups for him. I actually like his matchup against most of the Bills type of receiver better than I do against like, well, Devontae Adams against almost anyone besides maybe Diggs because um, Diggs is incredible. But when you go from having Rashad Fenton as your number three guy or arguably your number two guy to your number four guy, you're in a much better position there because, you know, they can have four receivers or five receivers. um, But 
if you've got their their best group of corners, at least how they've played so far this year, and assuming McDuffie is like back back, right? That that's something I think the Chiefs can do something about. Their coverage has been largely good outside of you know you know the deep ball to Devontae Adams, fourth and one play action, well called play, right? Um, you knew that the safeties were going to bite because they figured it was a dive up the middle. Um, and then, you know, the later in the game, what can you do? Carr threw a perfect deep ball. You know, what are you going to do? Pass interference was bad, but that, we don't have to talk about that. So I, I think the Bills, they, they obviously have a really, really good offense. Here's, I, if I'm going to go at it from the other point of view, right? And this isn't really about being right or wrong. Because I have no idea how this game would go. The the Bills absolutely boat raced the Chiefs in the regular season last year. And they've got a better roster this year. So, hard to say. I have no idea. They basically went out and said, well, we've now seen that <laughs> we need a Von Miller. Like, we don't, We it's not enough to have a really good deep pass rush. We need one guy who can maybe take over in big moments because otherwise Mahomes will do terrible things to us. And they have Von Miller. I get all that. The offense has been terrific. I'm, I keep looking at those Dolphins and Ravens games, though. And I ask myself, what happened there different than what happened with the Titans, Steelers, and eventually the Rams? Those and teams are bad. Those teams are bad. But, you know, you want to know the team that I noticed it with the most? Because those other two teams, you know, they're bad. And the Titans, it's unusual for them to get destroyed like that because they're well-coached. They got bullied. Yeah, they they just got rolled. One thing that was interesting to me, Bills-Rams, it's easy to look at a final score of a game, right? Does anyone else remember late in the third quarter when that was a really good game that the Rams had repeatedly refused to take advantage of opportunities? <laughs> yes. Like repeatedly. That's that's when you knew they were bad. Yeah, that's when you like cuz the Bills really gave the Bills gave them a chance to go up a couple t- touchdowns. And maybe it wouldn't have mattered when the Bills went on a run. But maybe it did. And that's one thing that I've noticed is the Bills are a team because they don't run the ball well. They, other than like, you know, Josh Allen does now watch Singletary goes off for like 260 yards. Um, please don't do that, David Singletary. Um, the, they're, they're a team that plays very well out front because Devin. of their pass rush. Devin Singletary. Devin. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I almost didn't even say anything. I just wanted to save you a tweet. Keep it going. You're, you're it, on a roll. It's really Devin, huh? Yeah, yeah. D, we call him DS. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Sorry about that. If, there. Hey, if he has a bad game, we'll call him, we'll call him DS Light. Yeah, sorry, that's sorry a, about that's joke, that. That's a joke for all my gamers out there. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, Devin. That's my bad for sure. Um, but they don't have a particularly good run game. They do have a really good passing game. And they also, it seems to me when they're able to keep things simplified, they 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 do their best. And they just, they are a team that when they're in front, they can really run away with the game. If you can hang around, you can kind of keep things a little bit different. And so I'm just curious what this game looks like. I half expect it because there's so much anticipation from the divisional round game. The odds of getting another game like that, 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 that might be the greatest NFL game I've ever watched. On offense. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is the Chiefs defense, they definitely gave away some of those touchdowns. But other than those plays, they played well. And so I'm, I'm you know, still, I gotta do it. I, I gotta do it. But like, know. come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Come on, Matt Milano. They told me you was a Hall of Famer, dog. Still can't cover this man. Yeah. Well, and they're not going to try to cover Travis Kelsey. So I, have I would some hope take- not. Not no, with that guy. No, don't do it again. That, come on. That that's insane. But I'm just I'm curious because with the Bills. I think the league feels like they know who the Bills are and kind of feels like we still don't really know who the Chiefs are. I'm just not sure 100%, so we'll see. Which part of it are you not sure about? What do you, like With who the Chiefs are or just how it, ma- how it matches up? Because I like the idea that the NFL world as a whole doesn't know who the Chiefs are, but I'm curious if either of you guys think that you do. I don't. Um, so much of them depends on whether or not how the offensive line is holding up. 
game by game because they clearly came into this season planning the offense in part around the offensive line. And so against the Colts and early against the Raiders, they didn't have answers when the line was getting whooped. They were like, wow, I, you know, th- we didn't expect this. One thing I would note, though, against the Raiders, boy, did they adjust faster. Yes. To the line yes. getting whipped. And I, I, Andy Reid's not a dummy. He's not going to go out there and assume, well, now this is the game Orlando Brown plays more like he did last year. They, they're going to be adjusting faster and faster. So I don't think they're going into the Bills game expecting for their line to not have some problems. And, but I, I just, I don't really know. Like the Chiefs at times look completely inevitable the way they have multiple times the last few years. And then at times they look totally hapless. And I don't know which it is yet. <laughs> well, well, my, my question to that is, because it's, it's got to be clear um, with Von Miller and Gregory Rusa, who's playing very well these last few weeks. Um, yeah. It's very clear, Josh, that they're going to have to be balanced. Like, you can't, like, I don't, I don't think Chiefs fans will probably, Chiefs fans shouldn't want Patrick Mahomes to drop back 45 times in this game. Um, because it only feeds into the Bills' strength, which is now their 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 pass rush. It's so it's so interesting to me. Like the their powers are sort of flipped. Like their strength last year was in the secondary. Now it's in the it's in the it's basically the the front line um, on defense. So, Josh, who's the running back in this game for the Chiefs? Like, because even Eric Bieniemy today on Thursday acknowledged that. Yep. <laughs> Can you tell me who has the hot hand? Because that's who we're going to use. But for this particular team, I don't know who, like, I don't know who the running back's going to be. Is it going to be Clyde? I guess, Josh, who would you want it to be to keep the Bills defense honest or at least have a balanced attack where, you know, Von Miller doesn't have to guess what he has to do on a particular snap against Orlando Brown? Well, it's funny because my immediate answer to this, and it's not because I'm like an enormous fanboy of this player. I think he's fine. I'm glad he's on the team. But my immediate response is is not for the logic that you just laid out. It would be Jarek McKinnon because he's the guy that I would trust that I think the Chiefs most trust to help keep Patrick Mahomes' head on his shoulders um, in the event yeah. that Von Miller is a problem. So right. before you finish asking the question, my answer was Jarek McKinnon. Within the greater context of like keeping the defense honest with the threat of running the football, I still think it might be Jarek McKinnon because I don't I don't trust Clyde and I I don't trust Pacheco fully in the uh, in the pass pro game at this point. And I don't, it doesn't seem like they do either. Yeah. Something interesting to add with the pass protection side of things. Um, all the Chiefs running backs, like Clyde has made strides as a pass protector this year. It's noticeable. And I Definitely think it's because he's, that's a good point. He's had to though, because McKinnon is really good at it. He, he says McKinnon is as good as a guy his size can be at pass pro. Um, Pacheco's going to have a higher ceiling there because he's just bigger. And he's um, had some good moments. I, I worry about consistency for a running back who's been in the league for five games. Yep, and that's that's definitely been an issue for him. But he's bigger, he's stronger, he's got a lot of fight in him. Uh, and so th- that's so much of it. Um, but one thing, when they're utilizing their running backs to chip out of the backfield, the number of instant pressures that guys have, they, they've got to get on the same page and this is just, this, this feels like a complete aside, but since we were talking about it, their backs and their tackles need to get on the same page because at least two sacks and at least two more huge hits and or immediate pressures at crucial times came on Mahomes when guys spun away from the chip or were knocked inside by the chip. And for one reason or the other, the tackles didn't, they weren't cheating inside. And that's weird. Like that was one of those things after the Colts game that like when I wrote about like, man, this is kind of on everyone. Like what's going on? Because you should be on the same page. You know, hey, I'm chipping on my way out. So you cheat inside because that way when Von Miller spins inside, you're waiting for him. And we've seen Orlando Brown last year multiple times when Daryl Williams would chip a guy outside, the guy would spin inside and Brown would just heave him to the ground. And it was funny every time. This year, they just, they're not on the same page for one reason or another. And that's just kind of an interesting thing in terms of, okay, yes, give them help, but what does that help look like? And how are you making sure it doesn't create the problem you're trying to prevent? Anything you want to add to that, Nate? I don't know. I, I continue to be very interested in the entire ecosystem of where the offense has and hasn't worked and some of the things you've even heard from pressers the last couple of days. 
um, in that regard, if anything jumped out to you, because we we also did the thing where we kind of talked about the defense and then kind of glossed back to the offensive line before we got deeper into the weeds, yeah. which I understand because that's just what this team is at right now. Right. So I think the most applicable game for Chiefs fans to watch, if they have NFL Plus or if they put this game on NFL Network between now and Sunday, is when the Bills play the Ravens. Um. Something that is circumstantial that won't probably be the case on Sunday is that it did rain in Baltimore. It wasn't a truly like downpour like it was in Chicago when they played the the 49ers earlier this year, but it was it was noticeable. It had some effect on the game. All I'm saying is Lamar Jackson is incredible because he should have been sacked by Von Miller at least four times. <laughs> and he was only sacked once. And so that's the level of pocket awareness that Patrick Mahomes is going to have to have if I think Von Miller is going to come with his best stuff, which I believe will probably be the case. Um, Andrew Wiley will factor in because, as I said earlier, Gregory Russo is getting better. Um, and that's, you know, going to be a nice matchup to watch, in particular in the trenches. Um for the entire offense, and look, I know they're going to give Clyde touches. Like, that's just that's just the reality. And he's had very good games this year. But here's why the Ravens game is applicable. The reason the Ravens got up to a to what I believe was 17-3 uh, score at one point um, was because they were running the football with power. Yes, there is a little bit of, like, I guess RPO action to it, you know, obviously it's more option, full house backfield. Hey, let me let me get in pistol and show you the ball so that obviously the defensive end has to at least account for something instead of just obviously going into the backfield. Um, and obviously Lamar is just as slippery as he's ever been. They still ran the football well when it wasn't in Lamar's hands because they were going forward because it was not that like it wasn't dressy. It was just we run the ball, you run the ball, we getting we getting yards. What's fascinating to me, Josh, is that the game kind of got out of hand because the Ravens had too many penalties, mm-hmm. too many false starts, delayed mm-hmm. games, holding penalties, and then you sprinkle in what apparently appears to be the Ravens' issue, much like the Chiefs' issue last year is. Can y'all just catch the football? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There were just times where it's like, I know Rashad Bateman is supposed to be good, but you got to catch that, son. Or like, Mark Andrews, they told me you was great. And yes, I know Travis Kelsey dropped a touchdown pass, so it isn't as egregious as that. But Mark, you're supposed to be one of the best three tigers in the league. So the Chiefs can't make it easy on the Bills like the Ravens did that allowed them to get back into the game. But I think there are things that they can take from the Ravens game. Again, John Harbaugh team, obviously an Andy Reid disciple. Can they just run power with Clyde Edwards Alaire, similar to what they did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and just see how the Bills handle it? Because they didn't handle it well for about two and a half quarters. And they really didn't handle it well in the fourth quarter, except the Ravens got down in short yardage situations near the goal line. Does this give you nightmares, Chiefs fans? Because it should. And they didn't score. Um, and they went on fourth down. And obviously that led to the Bills having their game-winning drive for a field goal. But I think of the of really the five games I've watched of the Bills, that is probably the most applicable. But you got to run the football, which is why I asked you, who do you trust in the running game right now when we've had a five-game sample and like, each guy's kind of had their moment, but you don't know exactly who it's going to be for Sunday's game. Yeah, even with that game plan being like explicitly laid out, I, I don't, I don't know what my answer would be. I really don't, and, and maybe that's because I want to say Pacheco, but something is stopping me just short. Um, it's those angle routes that they're yeah. finally running with Clyde. It Why? really is. Where you know what? No, I can't do this. I'm just gonna get too upset. Because it would still wouldn't have made the pick the right pick in the moment. But it's like, you know, y'all could have been throwing him like 40 of these angle routes every single year. Like, Yeah, it look here, like this is a, not a sponsor, but I say this with love about a place that will probably never be a sponsor of this show. 
going to Taco Bell is never the right pick. Oh. But you can at least order the best thing at Taco Bell. That Ooh. would be using Clyde as a pass catcher after is drafting it, him. You're already the, in the drive-through, so you might as you might as well get the you might as well get the crunch wrap. Yeah, is it the crunch wrap? I mean, yeah, yeah, the crunch wrap. Wrap. yeah, you might as Lay, well get the crunch wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, they brought the crunch the crunch wrap out when we was when when your boy was in college, and it changed the game. Yeah. Okay. I just. On the off chance that Taco Bell does ever want to give me money to talk about them, I want to make something clear. There's a Taco Bell that was built really, really close to to my house shortly after we had moved in that I, I just cannot stress enough. Like, we don't go to Taco Bell. We tithe at Taco Bell. Like, I did that through <laughs> college as well. There was one real close to campus. There actually two real close to campus. I've eaten so much Taco Bell in my life that I make it a part of my personality to defend Taco Bell as an institution. Who is hating on Taco Bell? I, I feel like I just did, but I did it fully sarcastically <laughs> because I I eat a lot of Taco Bell. Look, look, man, it's late. Yeah, with your folks, yeah, with your peoples. Um, you know the significant others uh, as well. Culver's closes early. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Like, <laughs> get that meat and that cheese in you, okay? Yeah. Hey, I- like it's okay, like. Look, we all understand what a water break is, but you kind of need a taco break in too. A taco <laughs> bell break. You like, do. come on. Like, let's let's be honest. And by the way, like, you can roll up there in the mornings now. I mean, Dude, there, here's me. Oh my goodness. Thank you for saying that. Taco Bell's breakfast. Listen to me. Listen to me, people. But that's like that's like Taco Bell finding out, like getting an analytic department. <laughs> like Taco Bell has an analytics department for years. We've been watching other teams money ball their way to, to money on, month, on, on Saturday and Sunday mornings, okay? Yep. Even Friday mornings, because we all know everybody goes out on Thursday. I'm so glad they got Theo Epstein to be like, hey, what about a breakfast menu? But go on, Josh. Public service announcement to the dear listeners of Times Ours. I put my reputation on this. Taco Bell's breakfast is among the best fast food breakfasts I've ever had. I'm not... I'm not going to apologize. I'm not even going to couch it. I'm going to say if you want breakfast through a drive-thru and there's a Taco Bell that you have not given that opportunity to, you go to Taco Bell for breakfast next time. Next time that's your mood. Give them a shot. It's it's excellent. I mean, they look. <laughs> that must be the, now, now I want to do a money ball scene. Billy, <laughs> this guy's name is Chad Radford. <laughs> that's Taco yeah. Bell's <laughs> breakfast menu. But it is, man. I'm telling you, it's it's truly it's special. By the I way, I love that we got to. I love that we started with Chiefs Bills and got to talk about breakfast. That's where I'm at. <laughs> well, that's where the world is right now because everyone's. <clears throat> which, on a side note, can you guys like? Is it weird to be able to eat twenty eight dollars worth of fast food of like, Taco Bell? Yes. Like, for real. Twenty eight. When's the last time you went to Taco Bell? It's been a minute. I'm telling you that like for for Renee and I to get an amount of food that is upsetting that like you, <laughs> you eventually think I should just like put one of these in the fridge. No, I don't want leftover Taco Bell tomorrow. I need to eat this now. A like hurtful amount of food with drinks and a slushy if you want from Taco Bell hey, should hey, be hey. like like fifteen dollars for two. Can you put a little bit more of them mouths and hot sauces in the bag too, my guy? I'm a hot and fire guy personally, but Ooh, uh, look, you gotta fire. have them. You gotta have them. Diablo's a little too spicy for me. Look, look, there are two sauces of my childhood. It's Gates Barbecue and Mild Sauce from Taco Bell. Wow, Day. that's actually a great call though. Wow. Can I can you can you just put it? I just remember my dad in the drive to be like, hey, 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 can you put a, a couple more couple more? Thank you. <laughs> You ever uh, ever play? I, I would have been the one to pitch this, of course, if this ever was a radio segment we ever did or anything. Do you ever play the game of like uh, you've been blessed by a genie and each of your five fingers is going to be able to like disperse one sauce of your choice just for the rest of your life on command? You know, just like a little you just have an infinite supply of that sauce, but you can only pick five of them. Mm. I feel like Gates barbecue and talk about mild sauce might be might just be two of yours. You might have two of them done already. And a, and a third is the peanuts wing sauce. Oh, hey, 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 Seth, have you ever been to the peanut? No, I haven't. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, we got to oh, do that sometime. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm going to have to get my, I'm going to have to really drink some water before you get in the car. Because we might, <laughs> we might, we might do all three, barbecue, Taco Bell, and the peanut. 
We gotta go get. We gotta get. All right. So Seven, you're in town. We're gonna go get Taco Bell breakfast. Then we're gonna go get the peanut for lunch, and then we'll uh, then we'll go grab some barbecue. <laughs> I I plan on eating so much Friday night that I'm not sure I'll be up for breakfast on Saturday. But yeah, maybe it's hard to say. Uh, Seth, Seth, this is Chad Bradford, okay? Everybody undervalues him because he throws underhanded, okay? And you, sir, can drive to Taco Bell's drive-thru for a breakfast menu choice and get great value, great production. Incredible, incredible value at Taco Bell. Yeah, oh, and that's good to know. I I might be basing it off, you got to remember, I live in small-town Minnesota, if I go to McDonald's and hold back on not getting everything I want, it's 15, 16 bucks. And that's me like, eh, I suppose I don't really need a shake, you know? Just, <laughs> just, just, for, just for you? Just you by you yourself? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I want I you to just... think about it. Chicken McNuggets, they're not cheap, man. This isn't Burger King. They don't sell you 10 chicken or chicken nuggets for, for a buck 99 there. It's $4.50. For a 10-piece Chicken McNuggets. McDonald's then, is sneaky expensive sometimes. It is. And the fries, I don't know, like online, they've got the fries listed as a buck eighty-nine as the supposed McDonald's fries price. Not here. There's like <laughs> three fifty, four bucks. It's like I'm living in Alaska. And so, I mean, you so now you you you're what, nine dollars already? You know, eight fifty, nine dollars. Well, I mean, are you gonna get like what kind of burger are you gonna get? You're gonna get a Big Mac, right? Or or something decent. Oh, hey guys, guys, sorry. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got a, uh, I just got a. Uh, this is weird. A voice memo. I'm gonna just play this voice memo that I just got. Uh, totally blind, totally apropos of nothing. Let me just click this really quick. Hold on. Hey, it's me, Mister Athletic, and I just wanted to call and apologize to all the listeners for to Times Ours for how long this episode of my show that I'm in charge of. Uh, how long they spent talking about fast food in the middle oh, of the yeah, show, no. <laughs> uh, leading up to the biggest game in the NFL regular season. It's, again, it's me, um, Mr. Athletic. My first name's actually Mr. <laughs> and uh, this is my website that I own. Anyway, apologies again. And if anybody needs anything, go to Taco Bell and use the promo code TIME to get uh, everything's $26. Thanks for listening. <laughs> okay, that you're right. Weird. That was weird. I shouldn't have just played that. I was, this I is listen to that first. This is my fault. Um, no, 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 we're, we are all in this together, but it's all of our faults. We're yeah. one of, one of three, you know, do your one, do your one, one third instead of your one eleven. Yeah, but this show's all about 33% of something and all three of us have 33% of the blame of how long we all got excited to talk about Taco Bell. And I just wonder if people listening can tell how weird this week has been already. Almost yeah. certainly, right? Almost our listeners, certainly. Our, our listeners have a good ear for this, I imagine. Look, man, like I said, he's got five receivers. What you want me to say, guys? Like, what do you want me to say? He's got five of them! Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me let me do this. Let me let me see if I can uh, assuage or uh, encourage any more concerns, uh, because the the injury report from practice this week has been noteworthy. I will say let me just run down the chief side here real quick. And I will, of course, first point out Trent McDuffie is not on this list because he's not actually been activated yet. So he does not have any designations on these days. Uh, but Brian Cook has not practiced all week with a concussion. Rashad Fenton has not practiced all week with a hamstring. Um, Chris Lamonts did fully practice on Thursday. That's a good sign. Tershawn Wharton, ACL, as we've discussed, obviously hasn't practiced. I imagine he'll go on IR whenever McDuffie comes off it. Um, I don't know if that's right, Nate, but that's my hunch. Harrison Butcher yes. was a full participant today. He was limited on Wednesday, but full good to go today. Dave Tobe sounded pretty optimistic. Frank Clark went from limited yesterday, being Wednesday, to a non-participant today on Thursday. Wednesday was sort of a slow day, a walkthrough kind of thing, they said, so um, not a good sign there. A good sign that Mike Dana was a full participant today, though. Um, it kind of seems like Dana might be back and, and Clark might not be. Um, everybody else has, it was a full participant for the games, for the uh, the practices they were, they were out there for. Which ones of those jump out to you, Nate, in terms of, like, needle movers? Yeah, Frank Clark and, and Harrison Bucker. Um, you know, I did see Harrison Bucker kick today. Um, kind of want to see how it looks tomorrow. Yeah. Because obviously when he practiced a couple weeks ago, they quickly shut him down. And today was his first day truly kicking in Arrowhead Stadium for the first time since his injury. So that's a good sign of progress. Um Obviously, you get into the question about, like, is he fully healthy? And then, if so, what is his range, depending on, you know, where he is on the health scale. Um, but, yeah, in a game where points are at a – points are, are absolutely demanded upon, then, yeah, you might need Bucker um, to, to have some insurance when you get on the plus side of the field, you know, which has been tricky, um, at least with Matthew Wright through two games. With Frank Clark, I I don't know, guys. I we'll see how we'll see what Friday presents, and obviously we'll uh, let you know about that. But they really need Frank Clark. Uh, they need every available pass rusher to at least be, you know, in and around Josh Allen. And you know what's unfortunate is Frank was probably having his best game, and I know Joe Cullen, the defensive line coach, said this today. Well, not truly answering my question, which is how you managing my guy's snaps if he's got an illness. Um, he evaded that, like Lamar Jackson was evading a free running Von Miller. Um, so yeah, um, Carlos Dunlap, he been okay, he been alright. George Karloftis. Son, this is a whole different thing. Like, I know he got his half sack on Monday. I'm really fascinated to watch how George Karloftis handles the freak athleticism that is Josh Allen. Um, But, yeah, they need Frank Clark. They need, obviously, Chris Jones to play well. But those are the two. You could tell me Rashad Fenton's not playing, and I'm like, I. You could tell me he is playing. I'm like, I. You know, so... uh. People, of course, are clamoring to know if, like, Trick McDuffie is a full participant. Andy made it seem like that would be the case. But you will never know because they're 
planning to probably activate him on Saturday. Yeah. You have after, a better chance of walking into the Pentagon. After the injury report has already been fulfilled for contractual obligatory reasons. So that you all can bet. <laughs> fun fun fact, they shifted to more zone looks after McDuffie got hurt. It, yeah. Just just an interesting fact. Although to it, be fair, McDuffie's better in zone. Oh, he's so good at zone, guys. And and, and guess what? Guess what, Josh? Guess guess what, Seth? Them boys gonna have to play zone on Sunday. Because <laughs> he's got five receivers. You can't turn your back to this man. He got five of them. Five. Yeah. No, there's gonna be a lot of zone there. Um in terms of the the which reminds me, I have a take regarding the their performance against Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews if we end up having time. But we have time. Say it now. Um the the Bills and this actually well, it doesn't matter how. The Bills played a ton of zone against Andrews and Lamar Jackson for a reason, right? And this is what reminded me of it. You can't turn your back on them. And Andrews didn't do anything that game. Now, to be fair, neither did a lot of Ravens players. But there's just no way that they play the Chiefs the same way. You can't play zone against the Chiefs all day or Travis Kelsey, unless you're doing something weird with him. Like if you're just playing pure zone, I mean. Travis Kelsey, will, if you play zone all day, will have 200 yards because he'll just run to the spot where no one is and turn around. It's the and funniest. the ball will be there. It's ridiculous. And the ball will be there. He makes it, just on a side note, because I wrote about him. We talked about him earlier. He makes it look so easy that you find yourself like, why doesn't everyone just do that? Like, just <laughs> run where they're not and turn around. Because no one else can read defenses that fast. And it's so funny. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of a hot take. I'd call this, uh, I think a lot of Chiefs fans, because we tend to be a, a reactionary bunch of times, would probably agree with this. So maybe it's a warm take. I'm more interested in whether Mike Dana plays than Frank Clark. Mike Dana, hey. is, Mike Dana is going to play Seth. Yes. Like and that's, you know what? He was playing well before he got hurt. Now, was he playing crazy well? No. Was he playing better than Frank Clark? I think he was. And he also is a guy, Tershawn Wharton's out. Dana can rotate in and out. And yes. he's not, Clark is, he's running around at, a, at 240 right now, maybe. Dana is not. I, I think Mike Dana being back, low key, because I wrote about the pass rush this week. Uh, if he, it just be a little above average. Just, we need one more guy who's not just average. And that would be interesting. It would be interesting. And I, so I honestly am looking more at him. Yes, I want Clark in there because he's been okay. You know, you don't want, you know, terrible things. You want as deep a line as possible. But Mike Dana, to me, moves the needle more. Give me a little more on the pass rush. People can go get all that good <coughs> stuff again in the newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. But but give me a little taste, especially of some of the stuff that you wrote about that, that surprised you a little bit. Sure. So I reviewed every snap from the Chiefs Raiders game. Um, you can see it on the Substack. Um, checking to see if there was pressure, who got the pressure, and how the pressure got there. Um, and so it's every single snap, and it's all actually laid out there, just snap by snap by snap. A couple things. You know the Chiefs got pressure on 45% of Carr's dropbacks? I would have taken the under by, I don't know, 20% further probably. Uh, that's what I said when I watched it initially. I figured they had pressure maybe a third of the snaps, maybe. Um, but it's just, that's that's why you have to quantify these things because otherwise you're just dealing with emotion. And some of the plays they didn't have pressure were really important plays. Um, another, another just fun fact, and this is something that I talk about in there, um, by PFF's model for pressure, the Chiefs are a little below average by the, uh, actually a, more than a little below average, but they're not like terrible, but they are below average. By pro football references, when you're charting sacks, hits, hurries, and so it's not quite the same thing as just pure pressure, they're actually third in the league. And what that tells me is when they're getting pressure, they're getting good pressure, but they're not getting as much pressure, if that makes sense. Yes. You know, when it happens, it's good. Right. And here's one, of the, here's one of the reasons for that, because Chris Jones is an alien from outer space. So here's the short version. The things that surprised me, um, one was the fact that Karloftis is winning a little more one-on-one -on -one than he was, say, week one when I watched him. That, that was interesting to me, and it surprised me a little bit. Um, that, that, that was just one thing. One of the other things is that they're not, they didn't blitz as much as I thought they did. They blitzed on nine snaps. It just felt like more. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the thing with them, 
they, they're utilizing a bunch of games up front, a bunch of stunts to try to make pressure happen. And when it works, it works. When it doesn't, the quarterback has all day to throw because a failed stunt that get pick, gets picked up, the pass rusher is not attempting a pass rush move, right? He's just pushing forward or he's moving lateral to the line of scrimmage for a second. So if the offensive line communicates well and picks it up, you're hosed. So the, the high number of games that they're running up front, that's part of why you get like kind of it's either a a you know an oasis or the desert as it were um but basically that so those were some of the things that surprised me to an extent the thing that didn't surprise me and i think explains the discrepancy between those two methodologies of tracking a pass rush is that you've got chris jones who's great you've got Karloftis, who i would say is above average but at times struggles with consistency because he's a rookie and then you've got a nice stable of two or three, maybe even three or four average pass rushers, but you don't have a third dude and you need a third dude guys. And that's, you at least need a full second dude, right? Like in the story you gave it, you gave him a one and a half. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, if Karloftis became like a second, like dude, you know what? Fair enough. Cause like if you've got two elite pass rushers and then four average guys, you can make that work. Um, but if you if you just have an elite pass rusher and two good pass rushers and two or three average guys, you are set. And right now the Chiefs have, they're at a dude and a half right now. And I think Karloftis is getting there, but that's still going to leave them a dude short. I hope I hope that at some point uh, Jim Nance reads a promo on CBS for two and a half dudes. That, <laughs> that, that as a uh, philosophy, I feel like it's going to be really easy to remember. You got to get to two and a half dudes. Um, uh, with all of that being said, Nate, and, and also again the fact that you just wrote about the secondary up in the athletic, does anything from the back, uh, the back seven of the defense, really, if you want, um, but that jumps out to you. Also, again, Brian Cook seems out basically. Um, if concussion protocol is the the problem, it seems like that would be tough. But anything you want to add on the pass rush or look back to from the secondary as you wrote about up on the athletic. No, no, Seth did great with the pass rush. Um, in terms of the secondary, kind of to what I mentioned earlier. They're going to have to do a great job of mixing man and zone at certain times. Uh, you know, uh, Sneed, can Sneed get one on Josh Allen? Which means, can he come off as a free blitzer to generate some pressure? Now, there, ha- there have been less of these plays with Josh Allen. But Josh Allen still gives you a chance. You know, even as he is just... I mean, just flame broiling the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did throw a couple balls where you're like, no. <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Steelers did intercept one of them. The secondary will probably have one or two opportunities in Sunday's game. Um, because against Baltimore, um, Josh Allen probably played his worst quarter of the season in the first quarter against against the Ravens. And I know you could say that, like, well, hey, Nate, you know, he he made some mistakes in the comeback against the Dolphins, and that's part of why they lost. And that is true. Um, but that's somewhat circumstantial to, like, time and, like, you know, uh, you know, trying to, you know, make a late-minute comeback. Like, you know, you usually give quarterbacks a grace under that because it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Um but man, he he had some errant throws in the first half or the first quarter against Baltimore where I was like, well, you know, uh, it won't be rainy on Sunday. We don't we don't presume that's going to occur. But Arrowhead will be louder than it was in Baltimore. And, you know, if he's off just a little bit, maybe there's a chance for Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed. Um, you know, maybe it's Jalen Watson or, or, or Joshua Williams. Um, but the Chiefs surprisingly, when I went back and kind of watched some of the highlights of the divisional round, then you go through the stats, like the Chiefs did such a good job <laughs> on Stefan Diggs in the playoff game. Yep. And then they gave up 200 yards <laughs> Gabriel Davis, who's a dude, <laughs> by the way. Um, he's really good. Gabe is, Gabe's good. He's really good. Isaiah McKenzie has his moments as well. 
Uh, we all know Dawson Knox. By the way, it's unfortunate that if Brian Cook doesn't play, we won't see the Dan Sorison replacement against Dawson, uh, Dawson Knox. Because um, <laughs> Dawson Knox is just making contractual money literally off Dan Sorensen. Um, yeah, so, you know, if they're going to use three safeties, that would include Deion Bush. He's a veteran. He's fine. Um, but it would be it would be good for Brian Cook to get an experience of a game of this, you know, magnitude this early in the season, similar to what like Trick McDuffie and George Kaloftis are gonna are gonna benefit from this. But yeah, like I Josh Allen is gonna give you a couple chances. And what was so insane about what Mahomes did in the divisional round was there were no chances. Zero. Mm-hmm. Every ball, every scramble, every decision he made was Close to perfect. Close to flawless. Now, Josh Allen was amazing in the second half of that game, too. But everything Mahomes did, like, I don't, like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, they had the best safeties in the league. It didn't matter. Uh, So, for this game, this is, like, the true test. And I wrote about this in The Athletic. But, like, they had... Like, hey, you you won that game, but it's like, <laughs> we, nah, dog. Uh, you already knew about Daniel Sorensen. You already knew about, you know, Mike Hughes. Ty Matthew didn't come back. Um, they really didn't want him back, obviously. And so they changed their whole secondary for an opponent who torched them in the playoffs. And this will be the real test. You know, all those games that I had mentioned earlier, that, like, you just circle one guy. And you just say, hey, if we take care of him, at certain points of the game or the game's most critical points, as they did with Devontae Adams, like they'll they'll be fine. They'll be they'll be more than capable of helping the team win the game. There ain't nowhere to hide on the field on Sunday. And I'm really, really fascinated to see that because you can't eliminate things as a as a player in the secondary. Like the quicker you can eliminate routes or passing concepts or situationally what the offense can do, or hey, they can't get behind me. As soon as you can eliminate some things, it does help you play at a high level. When you can't eliminate anything in the back end because of what the opposing offense is doing, well, now you're talking about a team that looks very similar to the 2018 Chiefs. And I want Chiefs fans to understand that. The Bills are essentially the 2018 version of the Chiefs without Kareem Hunt. Hmm. That team good, I can't remember. Team was very good. And by okay, the way, their offensive line might be better than it was a year ago. You know, their offensive line is, you know, I think better than average. Above average is what I've sort of described it as. And the quarterback's better too. So, you know, this just, just looks like a team that's ready to go to the Super Bowl. It really is. And so let's let's throw in our predictions here. I'll I'll go first to both uh, give you guys a second and also to do something that maybe will placate some of the um, bloodthirstiest listeners of Times Ours. You may have noticed that over the course of several seasons, but specifically this season, the the two times that I have most confidently picked the Chiefs to win by an incredibly large margin were just the (laughs) Indianapolis Colts and then uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, the Raiders were the Raiders, so that one still ended up in the Chiefs' favor, but not by the margin I expected. And the Colts game, they uh, I hate to remind people, they lost that one entirely. So I'll just pick the Bills. I don't know. I feel like that's if you're a Chiefs fan, you should want me to pick the Bills. I think that that's probably an encouragement. Here's where I get here's where I get hung up. I kind of think that if it's a close game, the Chiefs are going to win it just because Patrick Mahomes exists. But I don't really think they're going to get blown out because Patrick Mahomes exists. So I, I think my biggest fear in this game, or the one matchup that I think maybe tilts most in the Bills' favor, is what we've already talked about. I just wonder about the edges. I, I feel like they are going to have a chance to pretty consistently get some pressure with just four, and that's a tough thing to overcome. I think both of these teams are excellent. I think we'll see them play again when it's a lot colder out. Um, I hope it's in Kansas City and not in Buffalo, but losing this game would be very difficult there. So I'm just going to say 31 to 30 to give every indication that I have no confidence in my pick. Um, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Chiefs win this game. But if you were going to say, hey, you've watched every snap of Chiefs football this year and a good chunk of the Bills, I'll, I'll take Buffalo. And if I get to the reverse jinx power that uh, many of our listeners hope that I have, I am happy to take that L uh, on the team's behalf. Where are you guys at? You go, you go, Seth. This um, might be the first time I've ever picked against the Chiefs in the history of this podcast. I have yeah, no idea. 
Nothing, nothing would surprise me in this game, but I can't remember ever picking against the Chiefs. Maybe I have at some point. I'm not going to start now. I'm going to go with 31-30, but I'm going to do the flip. I'm going to reverse it. it. Fantastic. And I'm going to say the Chiefs, the Chiefs manage it, and something is going to happen that has a bunch of people enraged about the quote unquote, you know, NFL narrative to promote Mahomes. Oh, good. Ooh. Now, uh, that's a, I, I love the extra flavor prediction. That's good. Uh, Nate, now all that's left for you is to say they're going to tie 30 and a half to 30 and a half. We'll give a little preview, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's something that you can read, I believe, on Friday to get you ready for Chiefs Bills, the most anticipated game of the season in the NFL. Um, we are doing a beat writer breakdown uh it is me it is my guy joe uh buscalia uh in buffalo you can check out his work um they asked us for a prediction of course as a sports writer i hate when the prediction is actually in 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 written form yeah it's it's not great when i say something uh, hopefully you all enjoy it and find it informative. Um, but like, you know, it it's not as easy to like clip out <laughs> and post anywhere. Uh, or maybe it is. I don't know. You people can do wonderful things on the internet. All right. I'm going to read for you what will be in The Athletic on Friday. I said, Bills 31, Chiefs 30. Get out of town. I went literally the opposite direction of Seth's prediction or the, you know, the in reverse, (laughs) not knowing this man would say this. Uh, This is an obligatory prediction where the team with the ball last wins the game. So we'll go with the Bills winning on a last second field goal. Of course, Bills fans will want the field goal attempt to start with only one second on the clock. (laughs) Ensuring. Comma, ensuring that it is the final snap of the game. The Bills, I believe, have learned plenty from how their previous season ended. More than just what went wrong in the final 13 seconds of regulation. The best way for the Bills to prove they're the NFL's best team this season, at least through six weeks, is by beating the Chiefs on the road. So it's right there in front of you, Bills Mafia. It is right in front of you. Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, um, you know, Glenn Dorsey, Josh Allen, and the fellas. This is it. Like, I don't even know who Glenn Dorsey was supposed to be there, but I do not Ken think Dorsey, Glenn Dorsey is a member it. of the Buffalo Bills. God, oh, if that no. makes sense. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> Ken Dorsey. The Bills are relying on Glenn Dorsey in 2022. Hey. I would change my pick to be by a larger margin. Hey, man, Ken Dorsey, shout out to you, dog. You was one of the great facilitators in college football history. I thought Ken Dorsey was going to go out here and sling it in the NFL. And ladies and gentlemen, that's when you realize, look at that roster. Look at it. Look at that Miami Hurricane roster. There will never be one like it again. God, I just want to ask Ken Dorsey about what it, what was it like, man? What was it like? It was a special time. Man. They still, I just want to ask Glenn Dorsey about all that. <laughs> hey, they were still better than Ohio State. Can't nobody disprove that. Um, but look, man, this is it. The Bills are the better team on paper. But they don't play these games on paper. I'm so excited to watch this game and to obviously write about it. Because, fellas, have y'all looked at the Buffalo Bills' schedule? I know schedule radio or schedule audio, schedule podcasting, not the most exciting. Have y'all looked at it, though? Not in a while. It's Chiefs, then a bye week, so they're going to put all of it into Sunday. Leave leave no doubts is is what the Bills is probably going to say. Like, it is a remember the Titans, leave no doubts game for them. Then they got a bye week. Then they got the Green Bay Packers, who are kind of... Eh, shaky. And then I'm going to read you a stretch that you are not going to believe. Yeah. At at the New York Jets. Cool. 
Home for Minnesota. They better than Minnesota. Home to Cleveland. At Detroit. At New England. Home for the Jets. Before they face a competent, we think, Miami Dolphins team at home on December 18th. Then they go to strip it to the screw Chicago Bears. Hey, a really good team, we think, in Cincinnati on January 2nd. And then they end the season with New England. Guys, they have nothing outside of this game. So I'm getting ahead of myself and obviously giving you a prediction for the game. But, like, if the Bills win this game, they have the clear inside track to the one seed. And they should learn from last season that that one seed stuff kind of matters, dog. So, Bills 31, Chiefs 30 is one of the few times that I will pick against the Chiefs going into a game. But if there's any team who should be favored as the road team in Arrowhead Stadium, the only team in the NFL that should be given such an honor is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, if there's anything we all agree on, it's that this game will have exactly 61 points, so I'm sure you could probably get some great odds on that somewhere. Uh, other than that, I, I will leave the uh, leave the final word with the two of you. I think those are uh, some good, scary thoughts, Nate. That schedule sucks bleep. I am looking at the Chiefs schedule right now. Can I, and it's uh, just like, all right, there are like four <laughs> games here against better teams, and the Bills are going to see the rest of the season. Yo. Can can I can I close this out with something that I just sure? Read? Yeah, I love um, that. <clears throat> this is uh, uh, an article in the Ringer written by <clears throat> old friend uh, Sheil Kabadia. Uh, I, I, I was butcher's last name. He's awesome. Um, I, he was he's talking about Chiefs Bills the, against the spread, all that stuff. You know, the Bills are favored by two point five. According to True Media's database, this is the first time Mahomes has ever been an underdog at home. He's been an underdog just eight times total in his career as a starter. The Chiefs are 7-0-1 against the spread in those games. So the Chiefs losing by one would cover it. All right. <laughs> <laughs>